Welcome to Green City, a podcast focused on sustainability. I'm your host, Lene Marty Henson. We invite you to listen in on our conversations for positive change. It is my hope that we can all come away with something that resonates within our own lives and inspires us to action within our own communities. Let's start where we are and find ways to work together to create more connected, more vibrant, and indeed more sustainable communities. Join us each week as we learn from each other. Today, we will wrap up our series on transportation by having a discussion with Tammy Nicholson, Director of the Modal Transportation Bureau for the Iowa Department of Transportation. Iowa DOT has a sustainability working group and a resiliency working group, and we're eager to learn more about that um, in our conversation this morning, but we are thrilled to have you here and joining us, Tammy. Thank you, I'm really happy to be here. So let's begin with your bio and journey to this point in your own words. Tell us a little bit about you. All right. Uh, Well, I've been a a lifelong Iowan and working at the Iowa Department of Transportation since 1990. So been here for quite a while. I'm currently the director of our new modal transportation bureau, and I'm really excited about that. So that this bureau has the different modes. So we have aviation, transit, public transit, and rail, both the passenger rail and freight rail in our modal transportation bureau. Uh, Prior to that, for the last five years, I was the director of our location and environment bureau. And and prior to that, I was just doing the railroads. And so um, my involvement with sustainability and resiliency has really grown over the last uh, several years. Uh, really starting probably over 10 years ago with things and now kind of in the culmination of of having some really organized efforts within the department on both resiliency and sustainability. Okay, very good. So give us kind of the elevator speech or the overall scope of DOT. I, I was sharing off air earlier that I'm most familiar with DOT when I check the road conditions in the winter. So I know you do way more than that, but um, what are some of the things that, you know, most Iowans may not know about the things that the DOT does? Yeah, so uh, with Iowa DOT, we have the um, staff located in every county um, in the state. We have about 27 or 2,800 employees uh, across the state. And you're probably most familiar with uh, the functions that we do with the driver's license stations, uh, maintenance and clearing of the the snow and and maintenance of the interstate system and the primary road system. And, but there's also a lot of folks, we have a central office within Ames, uh, that's our headquarters. And in that, um, within uh, area here, we have our staff that does our long range transportation planning, all of the funding programs that we have. Uh, we're, I'm in the transportation development division, which is a new division that we have where we've combined all of the uh, transportation development. So project development uh, for projects of all, of all the modes, um, highways, railroads, aviation, transit, all in one division. 
And then we have our construction and materials. So if there's materials that are going into the roadways, those get tested. Those happen here in Ames. And there's probably other things that I'm not thinking about, but all the support, support things that go with all of those, with our, our accounting and human resources and, um, and other functions that we have. So quite a large operation statewide. Right, right. So tell us a little bit about the origins of these two working groups, which I'm most interested in, the sustainability working group and the resiliency working group. Yeah, so, so those are the terms that, that are, are talked about now, sustainability and resiliency. Um, the work that, that happens with those really have been around for a long time within DOT, but they're kind of coming together now um, getting better defined. So let me talk a little bit about just what we are, what we're talking about with resiliency. So with, with resiliency, you know, we're talking about the ability for our transportation network and system to bounce back quickly after a disruption. And so we want our resiliency working group is tasked with trying uh, to prepare for and reduce the impact of future disruptions for our Iowa's transportation system. Um, you know, which is consistent with our department's mission of getting our customers there, getting people there safely to your, to your destination. And so this has really become into focus of in the past, you know, decades of uh, floods and extreme mm -hmm. weather events. But then also we're looking at our human induced type of resiliency. So if there's a non-recurring congestion, if there's a crash, you know, what might happen with the roadway system. And then we have our, our sustainability working group, and we're defining our sustainability as keeping that our transportation system in a state of good repair while sustainably managing our resources in a way that promotes environmental stewardship, is fiscally responsible, and best serves those that live and drive through the state of Iowa. Um, we talk about the sustainability as far as the with the triple bottom line. So I don't know if you've talked about that within your, within your show. Yes, but, uh, go ahead, yeah, yes. You know, of, of uh, the triple bottom line of having the, the fiscal stewardship being fiscally uh, responsible and aware of the fiscal impacts of our decisions, the environmental impacts, of course, of those, of those things, and the social impacts, which transportation has a lot of, it provides people with the means to be able to uh, ability to go to all kinds of functions, work, um, you know, home, our home, education, social events, all, all of those things. So it's critically important to everybody's lives as, as you go about your daily business. Right, right. So that's one thing that I would imagine most of us have no idea how complex and difficult it is right now is you're trying as a department and agency to maintain the infrastructure in regards to transportation that currently exists, which I'm sure is huge, while also looking long-term towards the future that's trying to nudge, shift a little bit towards more sustainable modal methods of transportation. And how do you do that? Well, it's a, it's a big task and we have to, you know, do it in different phases. Um, that's where part of what we're really excited about our new division that we're in the transportation development division, because it starts 
from we have our planning, our systems planning staff that do our long range transportation plan that really help us define and look at the, the multimodal system of how do, we, how do we best look at our overall system so that it serves the customers. We have our program management in there because everything costs funding, takes funding with our limited number of resources. So how do we best maintain the system that we have, but then expand it in the places, um, you know, for the needs that we have going into the future, because everything is always, things are growing, things are changing. Um, and then our project development, which a lot of that is our highway system, because the majority of transportation in Iowa, um, and especially under the DOT's jurisdiction is, of course, with the highways, but the modes are very important. And with this new division that we have, we have the modes at the same table with the highway. And I'm, I'm, that's where my role is, is with the, uh, the modal transportation bureau is we have the, the rail system, which is all privately owned and operated, but we have a, a role with that at the DOT with the, the freight rail system and passenger rail, and then the aviation and public transit as well. And so I think we have, we're really poised with the, the DOT right now of, of being able to maximize and make our multimodal transportation the, the best that it can be and more sustainable going into the future. Cause it's really gonna take all those different modes and efficient use of our resources that we have to provide the transportation services that Iowans need to be able to get where they're going and for other, other you know, pr the products and goods that our state produces to get out to the rest of, of the United States and international markets as well. Right, right. So you've been involved in the um, passenger rail discussions for quite a while. So give us kind of an update on that. And, 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 and I guess the obvious question is, will we ever have a train from Chicago through Des Moines to Omaha where we can hop on to go in either direction without having to drive well, an hope, hour south? <laughs> right, I hope someday. Um, yeah, as, as you, you know, passenger rail, we do have the Amtrak long distance service, which is really a, a backbone kind of basic service that we do have, which we're fortunate enough in the state to have the, the two Amtrak long distance routes that serve the state. And then we have uh, been working on with other Midwestern states, an expansion of state supported routes um, from the Chicago out to, uh, yeah, through Iowa City and Des Moines and Omaha. And there was a study a number of years ago as part of a Midwest Regional Rail Initiative to look at that, at planning for that route and service. But, you know, things have to start, they have to grow. Uh, from Chicago being the hub, they have to grow outward uh, mm -hmm. to get that service. And so we did have some, some additional studies and funding of looking at service from Chicago to Moline to Iowa City. And um, that one is really in um, Illinois. DOT is, is working to uh, help to continue planning of that first leg of that from Chicago to Moline. And really that's, that's really a key for, uh, for if it would be expanded into Iowa. Mm -hmm. um, the ridership and things are showing that that's a, that's a very prominent uh, positive route, especially serving 
Eastern Iowa and the universities in that area and into Chicago. So um, it just, it takes time, I think, and it takes um, effort and funding. And right. we're fortunate that in Iowa, we do have a healthy uh, rail network that we need to also maintain that healthy freight rail network. And so that's a balance with it as well. So, so I'll, yeah, go ahead. Well, and, and it, I guess this is a question that, that, maybe most people know that I don't, but, but do they share the same rail lines or is freight and passenger rail always on a different track? Nope. They, they share the rail lines and that's where in the, in the United States, you know, we've got uh, the, the freight rail lines are for the most part privately owned. And when Amtrak was formed in 1971, uh, there were rights for that passenger service. But when passenger service is added to a freight route, that freight railroad needs to be accommodated so that the freight, uh, it, it does not get harmed by that passenger mm -hmm. service. And then there's, we, you want to have a good passenger service that has some good timing, um, you know, and, and on time type of thing. So it's, a, it's pretty complex to be able to add that passenger service on there. But no, they do run on the same tracks. So I have to say naively that that sounds encouraging that you don't have to lay all new track. The track exists, but as you say, it's, it's way more complicated than we would think because you have to integrate with existing freight yeah, schedules and, and all of that. Yeah. 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 And with, uh, we, in the United States, we have a tremendous, uh, strong rail network, freight rail network, and that needs to be maintained. And, and, and especially in Iowa where, We've got uh, major east-west and north-south rail corridors and with the um, commodities that are shipped into and out of Iowa, uh, mm -hmm. having the rail network is a critical part of our freight network uh, for the state. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, I think it's uh, good to, you know, stay tuned and um, we do work closely with our Amtrak partners on the long distance routes and have done uh, many different projects uh, with Amtrak on, on those routes. Yep, it is an, an hour south of Des Moines, um, but that service is there and it does provide a really good connection to the rest of the country and the Amtrak routes. Yeah, and I have to say, I have taken the train into Chicago and it's quite lovely to just cruise into Chicago on the train. So if anyone hasn't tried it, it's worth, it's worth, you know, your next trip to Chicago considering Amtrak because mm -hmm. it's quite nice. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's switch gears and talk about electric vehicles and the grid and how are we doing with that and, and how is future planning with that? Because as an electric vehicle driver, that that range anxiety is a real thing, especially to certain parts of the state. And I know that Ames just recently put in a new charging station, which is great, but what, give us an update on where we're at with that. Yeah, well, and, and I, can, I can talk a little bit um, from a perspective of with the electric vehicles and how we know from a, a DOT, how that's changing, how, mm -hmm. how things work here. Um, I, I think a little less about 
the the charging I can talk a little less about the charging stations and now I'm not the expert in that thing um, just as as the with when when you fuel up your regular gas vehicle you know that's done at di different uh, service providers and uh, on the DOT property but yeah I think the EVs are and automated vehicles are definitely a place where things are changing uh, with for us with the DOT uh, a few years back, you know, we, we've, we're, we're funded by uh, gas taxes and user fees on the, for, for the system with the, the gas tax. And so looking at our revenues as the uh, electric vehicles come into place and how that, how that affects uh, revenues, there was some legislation a couple of years ago that helped keep us neutral uh, to when, as vehicles switch over to EV. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's good for us. We've mm -hmm. we're we're well positioned for that. Um, I think we're also looking at the automated vehicles and how that can affect how our the design of our roadways are. Mm -hmm. uh, where where in the past we've we and we still do look at the when there's congestion of what do we need to do for if there's adding lanes or or what kind of things. Well, with sustainability. Uh, and and resiliency both. You know we want to we want to have the adequate road system to accommodate the traffic, but we don't want to overbuild. And when you throw in um, the automated vehicles and how that might affect how drivers uh, can can be closer together, or um, you know what kind of capacity things do we need? Yeah. And the biggest thing I think with like with automated vehicles are the safety factors mm -hmm. and that many, many uh, crashes and are, are caused by human error. And if we can, this uh, automated vehicle has the potential to be the next big step to really making things safer. Yeah. So uh, that's something that I don't really know a lot about. I mean, but like, what are we talking about? When will we be seeing in Iowa automated vehicles, driverless cars. Like I don't know exactly really when, when all that's going to happen. Um, I think it'll be phased in over time. You know, a lot of vehicles that we, that have now have automated features. So it comes mm -hmm. in and, and over incrementally over time. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I would, I would like to talk a little bit about um, just kind of involvement with the, uh, again, with like with sustainability and things and some of the things that we, that we mentioned, um, if you look at the and, re, and resiliency as, as well, but with uh, energy efficient vehicles, mm -hmm. I think that transportation has a big uh, role to play and, and can play a role with that. Um, in my previous work where I was with the rail, just with the rail office, you know, rail is very energy efficient mode of transportation. And so looking at the um, air quality and emissions that come from rail transportation, it's a very efficient and a clean way to go. And that was one of the things with, um, with passenger rail and freight rail that we have looked at. And um, also then with the transit, the Iowa just recently received a grant for uh, a bus electric vehicle a grant. I'm, not, I'm probably not saying that exactly right. Yeah. Uh, or zero emissions bus um, as a pilot. So having electric um, buses 
and that we uh, we just received some uh, grant funding to uh, have some local transit agencies purchase nine of those electric buses. And, and I think and with, Des Moines, do they have one or a couple? And are there other metros that have? Yeah, I believe right it was. I believe it was three different um, transit agencies that were going to receive uh, those, and it was in addition to getting those electric buses, um, the charging stations and some of the maintenance type of things, you know, were, were coming with that grant. So kind of getting, stepping into that, uh, that realm. And that's also good for uh, sustainability. Mm-hmm. And I think at Iowa DOT, uh, we're, we're, we have the sustainability working group and a resiliency working group that are really in their early stages. But we linked those two together, um, partly because they do they do uh, work balance you know work together well with each other. So when we when we're when a resilient transportation system, we want to be able to get that system back in shape and bounce back. And 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 if there's a extreme weather events such as flooding and and or snowstorms or those kind of things, you know, be able to get the system back running, have have some alternate ways for traffic to flow so the disruption is minimized. Mm-hmm. But if we're doing sustainable and, and those kind of things um, can cost can cost funding. So if you have to try to make bridges larger or or harden the shoulders of a roadway so that it can be more resilient. That, that's an expenditure. Well, we want to make sure we're expending in the right place so that the rest of our road system can also be maintained and sustainable and stewardship. And then there's also the environmental piece of if we have clean, clean and efficient um, way we're building our roadways, using the energy, um, if we can, you know, help contribute to or you know, reduce our, our impacts to the environment with that, with sustainability, the hope is that that's going to help reduce the times that we're going to have problems and and resilient issues with our roadway system. And so we, we've got those two groups, working groups um, just formed in the last year or so and working forward to identify some actions that we want to do with those groups. Yeah. So how can how can our listeners get involved in in supporting some of these initiatives or letting you know that they like what you're doing or how, how can they get involved? Okay. Well, I, I, I think as far as I'm looking at some of the, the things that we've done with our um, with sustainability is. Uh, you know, with our Iowa DOT has done a lot of things already. So our roadside management. So Iowa DOT has been planting native species mm-hmm. uh, along the roadways for a long time, and utilizing um, living or living snow fences, those kind of things, to help make the the road be able to to use that for the for snow kind of um, incidents. And so I think support and then you know of of what the, those type of practices are for our roadways. Um, yeah, I've noticed those. They're they're nice. It's great because they're yeah, they're really pretty at different times of year as well. Right, 
Right. Yep. Yep. Um, I think as far as, as sustainability as well and, and resiliency, uh, we're looking at really when we, whenever we do our road projects, we have to consider the stewardship. And, and so what, are, what is the financial impact of what are, we, what are we doing? Whether that's in the materials that we're doing or adding lanes or using some kind of technology to address that recurring uh, congestion that we might have. And so I think understanding that the road system is, can be very complex and it's not, the solution isn't always adding more pavement and adding more pavement, which costs more money and it's, more, it's harder to, to maintain that. But looking at what are other solutions that can be done? And so we've, um, so in, in, for instance, in Des Moines, uh, looking at there's things, if there's congestion, are there different alternatives that, that transportation users can, can look at besides single use occupancy vehicles? Are there are car you know, ride sharing? Is there public transportation to use alternative modes um, and, and those kind of things? Right. So we are out of time. So in the okay. last few seconds, what, any final words of wisdom that you would like to share with our listeners today when it comes to modes of transportation or anything else? <laughs> I think the, the, the triple bottom line that we're trying to incorporate more into our transportation system as we think about projects and think about solutions going forward is something that I always come back to. Um, you know, looking at when, when we're doing something with transportation, looking at it not just from the economic impacts of, of it or how it does, or looking at it just from the environmental or the social, but looking at how all of those three interact together. And, and we tend to do that a lot within our mm -hmm. daily business and in the DOT, I've been in the, the planning area and project delivery area for many years. And we do consider all of those things. And sometimes it's, it's very difficult to balance. You know, it's not always one thing versus another. So I think just to think about those, um, the triple bottom line of the environment, economics, and social uh, benefits and impacts of all the transportation system. And know that we're working really hard to try to do the best and make sure that just one of those factors isn't sacrificed uh, for another, that they're all in harmony. Yeah, very good. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Tammy, for joining us today and for all that you're doing to try to carry us into the future. Um, a reminder to our listeners to check out yourgreenportal.com. You can see the podcast, hear the podcast, and read the blog of this show. And we hope you tune in next week. Until then, stay healthy, stay engaged, and thanks for listening. That's all for this edition of Green City. I'm Lene Marty Henson, and I hope you continue to listen in on these conversations focused on the broad realm of sustainability. I truly believe that we go further faster when we come together to have real dialogue, inspiring us toward practical solutions. Let's continue to learn from each other how best to nurture this precious planet we call home. Thanks for listening. We are truly grateful.